Every five minutes, someone dies while waiting for a compatible donor heart, liver, or kidney. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists strive to engineer an animal with human-compatible organs, thereby saving millions of lives. But these ancestors are not the docile herd animals they envision. Instead, the project spawns something big, something evil, something hungry. Ancestor by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler is available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Daniels, and we're here for episode 10 in the Cryptic Countdown. That's right. It's the number one on the list, and we have the number one in our hearts. It's Brittany Crabb here tonight oh. to help us along. And, of course, Joshua is here to guide us through all this crazy cryptidness. Joshua, who are we or what are we talking about tonight? Um, yeah, so if you were paying attention throughout the season, if you're a, uh, a long-time listener, you know, first-time caller, you would have suspected that we were doing Mothman today. So that is the number one cryptid on my list. And, of course, we had to bring Brittany back for that <laughs> as since we found out what a big fan of the Mothman she is. Brittany, I know yeah. we touched on this uh, last time you were on, but maybe for our listeners who didn't catch that episode or just want a refresher, what is it about the the aura of the Mothman that attracts you? Wow, that's a really cheesy, like, flame moth <laughs> joke. Uh, I didn't realize what? I was making. Uh, what is it about the Mothman that you like so much? I just think it's so creepy how he appears before events that are just a disaster. Hmm. I think that's so creepy. Well, supposedly, those are the theories, you know. Like, he appears before earthquakes, 9-11, reportedly, you know, and then the most famous was the Silver Bridge collapse right. in 1967, right? Yeah. Yep. That and killed 46 people. So, yeah. yeah. In a that's... Point Pleasant, West Virginia. That's a horrible way to go. Like that's right. that's got to be pretty tough. But he was seen like flying over the bridge before. So people think is he evil or is he warning you about mm. what's about to happen, which I think is really interesting. I just love how mysterious he is and creepy and he has like huge wings, glowing red eyes and it's just really weird witness uh, weird accounts that people have you know they've seen him and the mothman museum is really cool i've been to point pleasant so i'm just obsessed with it all <laughs> like my outfit today i bought from the museum like i have my mothman hat and it says search team mothman search team and then my top is mothman search team. <laughs> it was years ago when i went but now, did you really go cool. specifically to learn about mothman yes oh that's cool it was really fun. This was like 2017. And it's really cool because you get to see the documents from the actual witnesses in the mm. museum. And it's so weird when you read what they've all written because it's identical. Not like identical, but pretty much. You know what I mean? So that yeah. just shows you they don't even know each other. And they describe seeing the same thing. So I think that's really interesting. But yeah, I feel like the red eyes are partially why it gets a bad rap, like yeah. for, for being yeah. evil, because... Like even I, I always try to talk my wife into letting me buy a guinea pig for our, our son, <laughs> and she, she has uh, noted that two dogs are enough animals for our family. And <laughs> and whenever they have red eyes, she's like, "Oh, the red eyes." And I'm like, "Yeah, there is something like in our in us that makes us feel a little repulsed by that." I don't know if there was if it's like a fight or flight thing or or what. The Mothman. I honestly, I hate to admit this, I didn't realize that the movie was based on a book from like 
you know, the famous uh, investigator. And I also didn't know that he that it, it was his opinion that it was like psychic interference or psychic warning that was causing the Mothman. Joshua, did you um, mm. see see that too? Or did I just make that up? Though your expression is making me think I might be wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, no, I didn't see that. But I'm, I'm very interested to see like kind of what you came across about that. Well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Yes, I did. I did see, did see that. I just didn't use the word like psychic it was like telekinetic or it was almost Telekin- like the same uh experience as um like sleep paralysis almost like you can see something that's like you're almost astral projecting something that's there but it's not there but it is um so i guess yes and no um which i find fascinating as well because like brady said so many people has have seen it um and almost described it identically which is not common for something that's so quote unquote, unsubstantiated. And that's what like, I, I think the crane theory makes a lot of sense, right? That, yeah. that they explain to it. But the issue I have with that is like, or, or at least what I saw coming across when I was reading about it, it seemed to be about this specific crane that had a seven foot wingspan. So, I mean, obviously that crane's going to move on. It's not going to just crane around that city for the rest of all of our lives. So why do people continue to see the Mothman if it was just that single crane? I heard that the Mothman moved to Chicago. I don't know why I just pictured him like <laughs> this briefcase going on the airplane, like, oh, moving the family over to Chicago. I saw the same thing too. I actually, okay. I came across it not through the, like any like recent research. It feels like I saw this in a documentary before about how it was frequently seen like at one point in Chicago, like flying over buildings constantly. And people couldn't explain it because of that one distinct like human-like feature about it. Didn't someone take a picture? It was in 2016, I believe. I haven't seen the picture though. I read about, it was in Chicago. Some man has a picture that he he thinks is the Mothman. Maybe I should have looked that up before I came on here. <laughs> actually, We're all coming you know strong with the facts. <laughs> I know. You know, this 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 actually checks out, too, because I thought it was like five or six years ago. And you said 2016. That sounds about right. On that same note, like one thing that, that I think that's unsettling even more so about the Mothman is how they describe its running. Um, it's so they say it's like a clumsy runner, which instantly oh. made me think it was a bird of some mm-hmm. type, but similar a similar bird to like a Thunderbird or something like that, like a cryptid that might be a misidentified and people are just getting a close encounter or, you know, what the Thunderbird is commonly misidentified as, which is like a condor. I, I think that, that, that part, like the running part, like it, it sounds like something that would only fly, but like, why would it ever be on the ground running? Um, it kind of reminds me of Jeepers Creepers. I'm kind of living for that. Hmm. You know, the creeper, he kind of looks like him, but he not. <laughs> I feel like you and Joshua are both like sneaky good athletes. Am I right on that? Or am I just projecting? Me? Yeah. No. Really? No. Absolutely well, I'm not, not. going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't say no to that. <laughs> Joshua, quit pulling out all your trophies. Put them back up. No. I will say I have, I am like, I won't say that I'm like a lead or anything, but I'm definitely an above average athlete. Okay. Um, well, at least I used to be. Now, <laughs> yikes! Uh, but <laughs> I can meet, I can kick a mean kickball now, though. You're just a, a real zaddy now. Your <laughs> athlete days are, are past. Way past. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I uh, I would love to go and go to the Mothman Museum. I want to see the statue. You know, I know a lot of people have pictures with that, which is like super rad. And this is one of the few cryptids that I would kind of like to see in person. Like if it's right. like, I don't want to, I don't want to die or anything, but it's just. But he's, he's never hurt anybody though. I don't believe yeah, so. He's I mean, unless he unhooked him. that bridge or whatever. That... <laughs> well, yeah. That... But what if he was just warning everybody? Yeah. That makes sense because he appears before it happens. He's just know. screaming, go, but we can't understand him. So everybody's <laughs> like, it's his fault. <laughs> <laughs> the first people who saw him, though, were actually in a cemetery hmm. in uh, 1966. I always get the dates mixed up, but they were in a cemetery digging a grave, like two grave diggers. Yeah. And they saw him flying above and they were like the first ever witnesses of the Mothman. And then it was shortly after uh, it was the couple that were from Point Pleasant, West Virginia, that were driving and they saw the Mothman and the Mothman was chasing them as they were driving. That's a big thing with a Mothman. It's like vehicles. A lot of people see it yeah. while they're in vehicles. Yeah. But apparently, yeah, the first ever sighting was the two grave diggers. So that's interesting. And that wasn't even in Point Pleasant. That was just outside of it. I think it's so crazy that he's like seven feet tall too. Yeah, that's like a, a shack sized cryptid. And that's, <laughs> yeah. that's that's kind of scary. Uh, do you, I, you know, I, I think there's a little credence to even say that it, there could be just an urban legend just centered around him in general. I think all cultures have had boogeymen, so to speak, mm. that keep people and children away from places that they shouldn't be. And uh, with the nature of where Mothman has been seen, it just seems like the kind of places where people and children shouldn't really be being hanging around, like at the risk of their safety. More specifically in Point Pleasant, which is their their old munitions factory that was abandoned. And, you know, anything that's abandoned that's that old, you know, it's decrepit and, and you know, you risk serious injury. So I find it interesting that there's a, a big correlation between the, the Mothman and uh, dangerous places as well. You mentioned Boogeyman. You know, um, Brittany, you're obviously well known for wanting to run into the face of paranormal <laughs> danger. But when you were a kid, I'm just curious, because like when I was a kid, an adult told me once, if you, uh, how did they phrase it? They're like, if you don't behave, the monster under your bed will get you. And that pretty much wrecked me for a long time as like a, a very like impressionable child. So <laughs> I definitely believed in like some type of boogeyman as a child. Brittany, did you have any of that? Or even then, were you like, Man, I, I wish the boogeyman would come play with me. I'm so bored. Well, it's really funny <laughs> you mentioned that because my first ever paranormal experience happened in my parents' room when I was four years old. Oh, wow. And basically what I saw, like I was sick also that night. So sometimes I'm like, was just in my head, but I don't believe it was because I know what I saw. It was a hand that came from under the bed and it mm. was coming up. I was sleeping on my mom's side because like when I was sick as a kid, like you sleep with your parents, right? And this thing, this hand came up at the side of the bed and it was green. It looked like a demon, zombie, witch, something like that. It came up and it was going like this. And I had a cabbage, cabbage patch doll with me and I dangled it over the hand and the hand was like touching it and playing with me. And then it went back down and I never saw it again. And to this day, I wonder if I looked over the bed, like what was that arm attached to if I could only see the body? So I kind of saw the boogeyman. That's that was my a, first ever experience. I wasn't even scared. I was like, oh, okay. That checks out. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty yeah. wild. Like the fans of our longtime fans of our podcast will remember the episode Devin's 
Demons, which I think is episode two. That's a fan favorite. He describes almost the same thing. Um, oh, wow. He, yeah, he had kind of a tortured existence as a child and a lot of paranormal stuff he talks about. But one of the main entities that would haunt him was a green arm and hand that would slide out from under the bed and things like that. So that's pretty wild that, yeah, you had a similar experience. I'm going to have to go back and pull what he said and compare it to what you said and maybe put that in like a little clip. That would be interesting. Wow. So it was episode two. I got to listen to that. That's Pretty sure. Wow. I didn't see anything that young. I just would get scared easily. Hear a lot of like creaks and in the right. house and that kind of stuff. It wasn't until I was older into my teenage years. Joshua, you know, you having a, a one-year-old, how are you going to handle your interest in the paranormal? You know, it's, it's almost like a side gig for you at this point. How are you going to blend that into raising a kid? Like when they start having questions about the paranormal, how are you going to answer this? This episode of the Real Hauntings, Real Ghost Stories podcast is brought to you by Wild Grain. Hey y'all, it's Noah Daniels and oh boy, I just got my box of Wild Grain bread and pasta. My whole family has been so excited to dive in. We started with a sourdough and it was amazing. If you're looking to make Mother's Day brunch planning easier or just looking for a great gift for your mom, you've got Got to check out Wild Grain. Order before May 6th to get your box in time for Mother's Day. Wild Grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes frozen in 25 minutes or less, no thawing required. The next thing up for us to try is the biscuits with our breakfast. And you can now fully customize your Wild Grain box, so you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, and pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. Plus, for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box. When you go to wildgrain.com hauntings to start your subscription. You heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com hauntings. That's wildgrain.com hauntings, or you can use promo code hauntings at checkout. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Do the exact opposite of what my parents did. Because <laughs> I grew up in a pretty strong Christian household. So like you either don't talk about it or you're super scared of everything. Mm. And um, which in turn, like I'm a Gemini, I'm curious, I'm rebellious. So like you don't tell me like what I need to be scared of and what I need to explore. So now I'm going to ask more questions and now I'm going to get into it. Like for real, now I'm going to do all, don't read this. Well, I'm reading it. Don't watch this. I'm watching it. And so I realized that uh, strong parenting like that has the opposite effect. So I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to try to ease my daughter into it just to be aware if she has experiences. 
um, and not dismiss it, but also, you know, just reminder, you know, that homie don't play that. And so that if something happens, I will come in that room and, you know, I'm going to channel my inner Brittany and have the biggest balls in the house and uh, it's got to (laughs) go. Exactly. Joshua, what do we have to do to get you to put a life-size Mothman in your coffee shop? Josh, you should have a statue, even though you're in Alabama, though. (laughs) I was going to say, send it to me. It'll go, it'll go. (laughs) Like, we have a little, like, so our coffee shop used to be, like, back in the day, its first iteration was a clothing store, like, one of the old school kinds. So it has, like, the extended glass parts to it, and then the Mm -hmm. door is, like, in there. So, yeah, I just put it in one of those, call it a day. And, like, people can see it, or is it hidden? Yeah, people would see it. They would see it, especially at nighttime. That's that's when it, it'd really be a bang. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of my coffee shop, I actually think it, it might be a little haunted too. Long story short. So the first couple, like the first week that we were there and uh, I was like doing my other job work while on the job, uh, I kept hearing like weird noises in the corner of the, where I was. So in the, so I was like, yeah, whatever. It's air vent. It's like, this is a tree. That's the fake tree that's over there. It's the door. It's the pipes. It's the vent. But then I heard it while I was looking in the area and it sounded like it was beside me. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And so that noise kept happening. And then I was talking to somebody and then the noise happened again. So there's that. Um, on top of that, there's like a window that's inside of my shop that looks out into the office. And I, like two or three times I've seen like what I can only describe as like a the shadow of a head kind of Ooh. peering through the like the window or like looking at the wall. And it's, it's like not anything unsettling per se, but I was like, okay, maybe my lock like dropped in my face and like, that's what I saw. But I've seen it a couple of times at different times in broad daylight uh, when my hair was pulled back too. So, so I'm, I'm actually getting into the archives now to see like what's happened in my hundred plus year old building. I'm going to do some, some digging. That's so exciting. You got to <laughs> film like some overnight investigation or something. I thought about doing that, but uh, I think I got to work myself up to it because I, I like on one hand, I really want to. But on the other hand, I really don't want to ruin <laughs> my experience oh. in my coffee shop if <laughs> I come across something. And I, I did like a little obelisk session, too. And um, nice messenger came up. And so, like, I've been trying to figure out, like, that's weird. But I've also been connecting with my guides a little bit more. And so now I'm like, it's maybe it's not haunted. Maybe it's it's me. So it's it's a whole journey that I'm on right now. Did you say you've been doing little omelet sessions to find all that out? <laughs> yeah, just, you know, cook it in the back and then flip it up. I know. I've, <laughs> I've been doing uh, obelisk, obelisk sessions. Yeah. What is that? It's the device where it pulls up words based on the mm. energy shifts in the room. So it wow. has like a whole like dictionary bank. And so pretty much uh, essentially like spirits or entities, I should say, can talk to you through that. Yeah, I didn't know about that. So we have covered a bunch of cryptids. I mean, this is the 10th one in the series. It's been great to learn about a lot of these that I really didn't know anything about. Some of them I obviously did. I would have to agree with the two of you, or at least it seems like we're on the same page that Mothman is my favorite. So I just kind of got lucky uh, that ended up as Joshua's number one on his list. Joshua, after doing this, how do you feel about kind of having your own podcast series, like interviewing people? I know, you know, classically you've done kind of short form media on TikTok and Instagram, things like that. What's it like exploring uh, the interview space? I love it. I've learned a lot. Um, I've got to meet some really cool people, one of them being Brittany. 
And, you. Uh, you know, it, and it's, it's but the coolest thing about that too, is just meeting people that I actually enjoy their content too. And so it's, it's more than just like, Oh yeah, we interviewed and like, bye, never talk to you again. These are like people who I've, you know, started building real relationships with. And, you know, that's something that you always want in any community that you join. And so it's just brought me uh, a, a lot of good people to bounce ideas off of and, and also support as well when I'm not working. So <laughs> it's been awesome. And so I, I really want to continue to do this more. I just get better and just, you know, be a light in this dark, cold, lonely, lonely world and stuff. God, Joshua, this is depressing. <laughs> you had me like real high and then you're like in this really sad space of the world we live in. <laughs> or a normal space. Everything is so sad. No, I, I, I know what you mean. And I can't wait to hopefully have you back to co-host. And of course, we'll figure out other fun things to do. Brittany, it's always a treat to see you. Yeah. You're, I've told you this before, but you're one of those people that I want to go to all the time, but I don't want to wear out are welcome. So I try no, to anytime, like anytime, ask me anytime. <laughs> well, and I'm you're, there. you're very kind. <laughs> and I hope currently working to plan a investigation in Savannah, Georgia. So I don't know if that's something, you know, obviously I know calendars and everything has to get sorted, but I will let both of you know um, when that might happen. It was actually Stephanie's idea. Um, she was like, you know, we should all get together in Savannah. So hoping to book it three or four months out. So where we could all try to pencil it in i would love it. that savannah yeah. is so haunted yeah. my favorite it really is like yeah. a wild place just how haunted it is and um yeah we've got friends of the shows that are um, big time ghost tour guides down there you know that's all they do so I'm, yeah. I'm thinking that if we hook up with them and make them kind of a part of the whole experience that we can really you know get something fun and creative and out like of in it. savannah they just embraced it yeah. No matter who you're talking to, Uber drivers, you know, you can go to restaurants. Everyone is talking about the ghosts there. And that's why I love it. Nobody looks at you like you're crazy. They're yeah. like, yeah, like I saw a demon last night and they, you know. <laughs> it's so rich in history, like for yes. the South, you know, most of the South or, or cities were, you know, burned down during the Civil War. And that place wasn't. And man, it's, um, it's eerie. It really like not in a bad way, but you walk through there and it, you can really feel the oldness of that yeah. town, like especially right? cemeteries, statues. Like it's it's really cool, especially if you feel like you're somebody that kind of gets impacted by like energy residue and that kind of stuff. It's just uh, vibrates through that city. So, yeah, it'd be a blast for us all to get together there. So as we wrap up, Brittany, I saw the other day that you are starting a new little venture on your YouTube page. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I have uh, my first ever membership and it's on my YouTube channel. And there's three levels. There's Team Brittany 44, then there's Brotherins, and then Brotherins, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Brotherins, hey, basically it's like all these live streams and everything is literally like, hey, I'm talking to you like face to face. <laughs> That's but, awesome. um, it's exclusive videos and it's just, it's been a lot of fun so far. Like I literally started not even a week ago. I have two videos so far. I have a third one coming out on Thursday, but yeah, it's just very exclusive. And my members are so dedicated. And at first I was really scared to put it out there because I didn't think like anyone would join, but people have joined and I'm really happy to see that. I'm very flattered. <laughs> That's so, so yeah, awesome. It's, it's on YouTube. It's just beside. If you go to subscribe, it will say join. And then there's three levels. 
yeah, it's and, fun. And yeah. Joshua, you've had a lot of success with your OnlyFans subscription. How that? How's that going? <laughs> yeah, like I'm in the you know top point one percent. I can't complain. Uh, feeding oh my, my family. You know how it goes. <laughs> Can you imagine? Hey, people make bank on there, apparently. Yeah. Yes, they I do. I don't think people. <laughs> what? I was just. I was gonna say. I don't oh. know if the people that are making bank are like Joshua and I. But then I was like, I should put Joshua in a category of myself. Maybe, maybe Joshua would make uh, <laughs> bank. So if you're listening, make sure you check out Brittany on YouTube at Brittany Crab and let us know what you think about her new content. It's uh, really exciting. Brittany, to see you kind of go to a, a new phase in your creativity, yeah, um, you're always you. keeping it fresh. So yeah, that's super cool. And Joshua, what about you? I know you got the coffee shop um, going along. Anything that you need to promote? Nah, I'm just <laughs> doing the same old stuff as always. You can find me on the same old socials, doing the same old things, making the same old jokes. Jesus, Joshua. <laughs> I can tell that you are sick. Your your vibe is you're just like, I don't know, Eeyore. I need a hug. <laughs> and also, my, my daughter's sleeping in the room beside me, so I can't really yell as loud uh, as I want yeah, to. Yeah. And then yeah, and uh, just a little self-promo for Real Hauntings. We just started a website, so go check that out, realhauntingspodcast.com. And Joshua, I'll throw it to you, let you wrap us all up. Well, thank you everybody for for checking out the series. It's been a lot of fun. I love cryptids. Hopefully you love cryptids a little bit more. And uh, we'll be back. I don't know with what. Maybe we'll go through, you know, top 10 vampires or something. I don't know. But we will be back and we'll try to keep the same revolving door of amazing guests like Brittany and all the other people that we've had on. But until then, we will see you. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.